Thanks for downloading the Business Matters podcast today. I'm Rich Dalvin, Managing Editor. I'm really pleased to be joined today with Karen Emmanuel, CEO of Key Production and the overall winner of the NatWest Every Woman of the Year Award in 2018. Hi, Karen. Hi there. Nice to be here. Thanks, Karen. Um, Karen, just uh, you know, let's start at the beginning, shall we say? Um, and you know, how's it been like in the music uh, business since mid-March? Uh, you know, with venues closed, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I know, you know we'll touch upon this in a minute. You don't really get involved with the venue side of things, um, but but you know, how has you know, how have your artists been, and and how is the the, the industry generally? Um, well, I think it hit us, um, as in a lot of industries, like a ton of bricks. Um, and certainly right at the very beginning, um, I felt that there was just complete panic stations. Nobody knew what was happening. Nobody knew what the future was. I mean, you know, this is for, for all industries. Um, obviously, it's affected music incredibly hard um, from the music venues, the artists who get their money from touring, selling merchandise um, normally on the back of a tour. Um, people are putting out albums. Um, so the, the thought was, is should they put out the album? Are they ever going to get any sales? Streaming as well. Shops all closed. Um, for a while there, Amazon stopped taking orders um, for music because it's not essential goods. I mean, personally, I think it is essential. Um, but, you know, so, so that there, there was a, a, a lot of, you know, very bad outlook um, for music, um, certainly at the beginning. Still not great. Um, there's still, you know, no live or not much live this year. We don't know what's going to happen. A lot of major tours have been postponed till next year. Um, I know a lot of the agencies, um, uh, uh, you know, well, a lot of companies actually, Having or have have had to furlough and are now looking at making redundancies because they don't know when it's going to go come back, how it's going to come back. From the record store's perspective, um, I think after the initial sort of shock, the people that were able to sell online have done quite well out of it. And I know record stores are uh, able to open again on the 15th, so that's next Monday. So hopefully that will... You know, help with the sales. Um, yeah, it, it, it's been up and down. And, and as far as we we were concerned, at first we just saw a sudden fall off a cliff. And then as people began to get their heads around what was happening, trying to make plans for the future, um, trying to look at, you know, maybe they should release the album without a tour anyway. Um, you know, smaller bands that maybe sell small numbers of physical product at, um, at their gigs. They can't do their gigs. But then, you know, certain gigs have, have moved or, or um, sort of acoustic gigs have moved online. You know, there, there's people, as people do, we have to adapt to the situation and people are beginning to adapt. And, and certainly, you know, I, I can only talk really from our point of view. You know, we've certainly seen a lot more activity um, uh, quoting um, orders coming back um, over time and a lot of the sort of bigger gigs that, that were going to be this year people are looking to put them in next year so there will be difficulties but things you know that th there is certainly a future the smaller venues again that's 
going to be an issue. Whether they all survive or not with what help they can get from the government remains to be seen. And some of the smaller companies, the record labels as well, I mean, there are grants out there for some people, but whether some people can weather it or not, again, remains to be seen. I sincerely hope so. Yeah, and all this came at just at the wrong time, really, because uh, uh, you know record sales were, were were seeing a huge resurgence. Uh, even tapes as well were seeing a, a resurgence <laughs> um, of late. So, and whilst you know, I must admit, I, you know personally, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, artists that, that I'm I've got an interest in and follow get taking to. I know Rolling Stones have been doing a little thread on their website, and uh, and people have been going to YouTube and Facebook groups and Instagram lives and stuff like that. Um, but that clearly doesn't. Yes, it gets the music out there. It gets them, you know, being remembered by their by their by their listening public. Um, but it doesn't really result in actual physical sales. Um, you know, yes, it may result in some streaming income and whatever else on the back of that. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, we really kind of come at a worse time. And uh, and you know, do you think that you know it will there'll be a quick bounce back from from the record buying public? You know, given that you were on a very high trajectory, or Will it drop down again to, I don't know, five years, you know, where it was five years ago? Well, I think it was, to be honest with you, if we're talking about sort of vinyl sales, that they, they'd probably reached their peak trajectory, to be honest with you, and were more on a plateau rather, rather than, than sort of further going up. Um, and it, it certainly seen a drop of late. But I mean, I'm really hoping, look, music is a lot of what gets people through difficult situations. And as I say, people have still been buying, um, talking to some of the, the sort of smaller bands that haven't been able to go out on tour. Um, they've actually sort of seen an uplift in people wanting to sort of hear more of their music and buy more of their music and support them. Um, and as I said, with the record stores opening, I think there'll, there'll be more ability to buy um there's a there's a campaign at the moment called love record stores um and that's launching and there's a lot of sort of special releases coming out for that record store day was was postponed but that's sort of coming up as well um and people i think you'll find there's a lot of people that have been sat at home and because they're not using public transport, buying their lunch out, going out to gigs, they have a bit of spare cash. And yeah, if you really love an artist and you want to help them, then you're going to buy something from them. So so I I personally think it will come back, whether it will come back to 100% within the next couple of months, maybe not, but yeah, we certainly like to hope so. Yeah. Well, they always say the music soothes the soul. So, you know, those people that do have extra disposable income at the moment um, that are stuck at home, um, you know, probably wearing their own vinyl out, <laughs> that they can actually go out and, and order some more and uh, and actually, you know, uh, end up having to then go to Ikea to buy another bookcase or something for, uh, for all the additional <laughs> vinyl they're buying. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a new set of decks or something. I mean, you know, there's, you know, People have been able to buy it, although, as I say, with Amazon stopping selling it at one point, it, it was more difficult. But, yeah, there still has been an industry. We've still been making new releases the whole way through it. Yes, less, yes, less volume. Um, but we've still been doing it, and more and more people are, are, are sort of coming back and, and getting their releases ready now. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, you know, it, it will definitely come back. And I always say to people that it's... Um, 
it's great when you're at home working from home to listen to an album that needs to be turned over because then you do your kind of 25, 30 minutes sort of Pomodoro stint of work and then you have to get up and have a break and turn it over. So, yes, yes, good for productivity. Exactly. Um, Touching upon Amazon there, um, have you found Amazon's entry into, uh, you know, the physical record space as being a positive or a negative? You know, are they aiding the supply chain for smaller independents to actually get the product out there? Or or because of their margins and, you know, I don't want to get into your, how much they screw you out of your numbers, but, but you know, because because of the, the numbers they they demand, is it actually just a necessary evil? I can't talk from that side of the industry. Um, I think from an industry point as a whole, the more people that can sell it, the more outlets you can buy it from has got to be a good thing, I would imagine. But as I say, I can't talk from the point of authority that like um, the sort of Woolworths of the olden days were, I imagine the Amazons are of today. Yes, they squeeze you for margins, but yes, it's necessary to, to get more, more work sold um, and out there. It's always better if you're a fan to go directly to the fan site, the actual you know, artist site, because uh, then you cut out sort of all the middlemen really and sort of get 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 things direct and, and quite often when you do that you know you'll get they, they do a lot of sort of specialist direct customer um special editions um so yeah quite quite often it's better you know it's it's better to do that although as you say not always the um cheapest way of buying yeah. don't like that word cheap <laughs> but <laughs> it's cost effective thank you um, Karen, you started uh, Key 30 odd years ago, um, just after actually being made redundant. Um, and if, if I've got my research correct, you actually started with, with £2,000. So, yep. with, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are many people potentially going to be, be finding themselves being made redundant over already have been or over the next coming months. Um, uh, and always had an interest in music or always had an interest in something else. But, but you know, could they really easily utilise a small amount of their redundancy and actually start up and uh, and follow you know the sort of path that you've done? I don't know if I'd I'd recommend doing what we do, which is dealing with with physical product. It's uh, it, it's a jungle out there with that, but certain, certainly um, it's a kind of known known fact that a good time to set up um, a company is in a recession. Um, you know, you can, you can look around you and take advantage. Actually, back in 1990, when I first started, and it's, yes, it's exactly 30 years. It's our birthday, 1st of August. Anyway, um, you know, you can take advantage of the recession um, to set up. Um, so, yes, go and do it. Um, but have a very clear idea of what you want to do and a clear idea of your numbers. Have the passion and drive. Um, but yes, I mean, certainly, as I say, you know, it has been proven that that's, that's setting up on your own in a recession is, you know, is something that can work very well. Uh, and definitely, you know, 30 years on from you starting up, you know, the internet, you know, the internet and, and online sales, etc. do make life a lot easier uh, now as well. So, uh, you know, you can effectively, well, most people are already working in their back bedroom. I was about to say you could start up a business in your back bedroom, but most people are already there. But, uh, you know, you can start start a business in your back bedroom and, you know, be, be selling to, 
you know, the Asian continent within within months. So, uh, you know, it, it is possible. As long as you have all your licensing in place, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but yes, it is, um, you know, any, anything is possible. And I think the attitude that I went into it was very much, what have I got to lose? You know, uh, yeah, yes, okay, £2,000 is a lot of money, but in a way, you know, I, I knew that that's, if, if I didn't succeed, there would be something else that I could get into. There'd be another job that I could get to do. And if you're sort of passionate and driven about something and, and, and you can you know, see how it's going to work, then, you know, absolutely, why not? Yeah. Talking about passion and drive, um, as we touched upon two years ago, you were able to, uh, to win the Every Woman, Woman of the Year Award. Um, you know, how did that come about? And, and also, being a winner... Um, you know, are you able to use the accolade of award winning um, to your advantage, not just well, in all spheres of, of your business life? I'm not very good at doing that, I must admit, and I really should. Um, it was very interesting to, to win something like that. Um, I think a lot of women, especially, don't push themselves forward for sort of going in for awards and a very, uh, not quite humble, but we almost think that we don't deserve to, to be there. Um, it's imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'd, I had won a couple of other awards and, and done some things previous to this, but it took until quite late on in my career that I actually believed in myself enough to put myself forward or to accept being put forward by somebody else and actually then going through having to do all the form filling and everything that that sort of goes through it um it took me a long time to actually admit and call myself an entrepreneur and I think winning the award and I think I probably said this in my acceptance speech made me realize that I'd finally was successful and I had arrived and I was doing well which is a bit bonkers seeing as that was 28 years in and we I think that that year yeah we were turning over sort of 14 million pounds you know for me to not sort of have recognized it in myself before kind of new but but that it, it was a real sort of justification of it um as I said to you I don't really use it enough um so thank you for introducing me with that and uh, maybe it's something I should do a bit more uh, well definitely yeah definitely so um and um slightly on a slight tangent actually in your business career but uh, following a holiday abroad um, you came back and uh, bought an island and set up a hotel how did <laughs> apart from that very brief description how did it actually come about and uh, I'm assuming, obviously, that that's uh, in a slightly difficult position at the moment as well. Oh, God, yeah, tell me about it. Um, well, having said um, a while into key production, God, I'm never going to set up another business again. And this is after setting up another, I think, three, possibly even four, that didn't go well um, and and fell apart for, for one reason or another. But, you know, gave me important lessons. Um, I, yeah, I went on, I went on holiday um, to Central America. Um, I kind of, I'd, I'd fell in love with, with sort of Latin America. I kept on going back there and quite literally was in a restaurant and saw an A board with Island for Sale written on it. And it was really cheap. 
It was actually just going into another recession. Um, and I went out to visit it, saw a hotel, had stayed in a hotel on the coast, this is in Nicaragua, um, that was sustainable. I'm, I'm um, a lot of what I'm about person is sort of sustainability. Um, stayed in a sustainable hotel on the beach that was luxurious and beautiful. Couldn't work out why there weren't any more in the country and particularly in Granada, which is where I saw the abled in the restaurant and just started thinking, well, actually, you know, here's an island. It's cheap. Well, surely a sustainable hotel here, if I wanted to go to it, other people would want to go to it. Um, yeah, I, I was all about sort of going to sort of small boutique hotels, you know, take only pictures, leave only footprints, that, that, that whole ethos. Um, and the idea just kind of came together and I ended up building a sustainable hotel on an island in a lake in Nicaragua. Um, nine rooms, very beautiful, very peaceful, very shut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully will be the type of place that people will want to come to once the worst of this is over because it's it's on an island, it's only got nine rooms, so you can hire the whole place and just have your friends or family there. Um, you know, the rooms, the rooms are there, they're like little houses, so they're two stories, spacious, everything's open air. Um, yeah, so so it, it will be, if I can hang on that long, <laughs> um, a great I place to, to come can. back to. Yeah. Hopefully I can. Yes. Um, if we just, just, just come back to, to, to Kia uh, now and, and obviously what you think the future might be looking like as well. I mean, you've currently got just under 60 staff, is that correct, across four offices? Yeah, yeah, it's about, yeah, I, I always, when I'm interviewed, I, it's like 56 or 58 and I have to go through them all, but I think I think it is 58 and we just took someone else on, so just popped up by one. Excellent. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so how are you actually managing that? Because I'm assuming that not, you know, neither of the, or well, none of these four locations are actually operating. Um, everyone's working. You've currently got 59 offices <laughs> in, everyone's, in everyone's home. Yeah, 59, 59 people, everyone's working from home. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, we, look, we were quite lucky. We, um, most people, we had quite a few people that work from home anyway and a lot of people that were working a day or maybe two days from home. So most people were set up and we were doing a test drive of what it would be like to work from home when we all got told to stay home. So we were, we were all set up. It's, it's not the same as being an office. Um, you know, I, I, the culture in our company is really, really strong and you can't quite get the same culture by not actually seeing each other in the flesh all the time. And you don't learn off each other in quite the same way, but we've managed very well we've yeah I'm not gonna lie we have furloughed quite a lot of people um when everything dropped off um and have slowly bought bought and are bringing people back as things are looking up mm. um yeah it's, it's it's been hard we've had to work really hard on keeping the culture making sure everyone stays healthy and mentally healthy which is really important because yeah we've got some people that, that are working you know from their bedrooms um you know it's very very difficult for them can't see their families can't see their partners um I've tried to sort of put a lot of pointers to people of how they can work best so you know get dressed 
have a routine, take lots of breaks, get out of the house at least once a day, try and find some nature and go for a walk. Um, there's lots of meditation apps if that's your thing, yoga, again, exercise. Um, you know, people are finding it hard. They have to work around their kids, so their hours are all over the place. But obviously, we've given permission to everybody to work how they need to work as long as the work gets gets done. Constant contact with people. Um, it's got to the point now where you have to go. Uh, you know, at first it was like just you know keep communication. I mean, that's still absolutely mm. utmost. But the whole the video chat thing is quite difficult if you're doing an awful lot of it. Um, so it's to now to be able to judge what can be done on a phone call, what can be done on a Zoom call. Um, but yeah, and we keep in constant contact with all the people that are furloughed. Um, you know, they we 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 tape our meetings so that if people are furloughed, want to listen in to to what's been happening. Obviously, they're not allowed to do any work, but at least they've got a, a handle on on what's going on, and people are chatting to them. Mm. Um, We've started now that people are allowed to see each other. People have started having distanced meetings together so that they can actually see their colleagues at a distance, which, again, I think is really helping. We have things like we've got um, – we, we use Teams um, to communicate with, and we've got lots of different channels that we've been using um, whilst this has been going on. So there, there's a cup of tea one. Oh, so, so, I understand you've got a, t- a cup of tea group. So whilst while yeah. some companies are actually killing their staff with, uh, with with Zoom overload, you're actually inviting uh, inviting your staff into a into a virtual tea room. <laughs> yeah, it's like if anyone wants a break, wants a cup of tea and a biscuit, they sort of put up. Does anyone fancy a cup of tea? And then everyone downs tools and they sit and just have a have a chat and a gossip. Um, we've, I've got a why don't you channel, which is, I don't, I don't know if, how old people are that listen to this, but there used to be a TV program saying, why don't you switch off your TV and do something more interesting instead? And we all put tips of, um, you know, what to do, what, maybe what TV programs are good, what podcasts are good. Have you seen this? Have you read this? What films? You know, so it's a whole, and again, that, that's a kind of outside work channel that then, then the furloughed staff can hook into as well. So we just pop those ideas in there. And, and again, also, if, if I find things that I think might be good for people's well-being, um, anything that I've come across, I'll, I'll pop in that channel. So, so it's a very active, you know, how to keep yourself well entertained, healthy, happy, you know, to, to the best of your abilities in situations like this. So, so yeah, as I say, we, we try to keep it active and we try and keep everybody as informed as we can as much as possible and, and, and just, you know, be, be you know, op- open with everyone. I think that's, it's really important. Have you actually found staff given a bit more freedom, a bit more time in inverted commas, because, you know, they're, they're doing their days, some of them anyway, um, you know, from, you know, six till nine and then two to four and, and so on and so forth. But have you found that they're actually coming up with more ideas because they're not, you know, they're not in the usual structure. They're not in their usual confined to the office that people are actually coming to you with ideas that either maybe they, they didn't have the, the guts to do before because of a structure um, or now, because it's just slightly more open, open forum. They're actually saying, you know, why don't we do this this way or that that way or whatever else? I think we've got a culture. I hope we've got a culture that we have that ability anyway. 
Yeah, it's very much an open door. Come to us with your idea. Everything will get listened to um, and taken on board. I'd, I'd, I'd like to hope that, that that is part of what we're about. So have I noticed anything different? Not particularly. I mean, we've been working on some ideas that sort of came through prior to all of this happening. So that that's kept the creatives juices flowing because they've, they've been, you know, we happen to be redesigning our website, working up to our, our 30th birthday. We've got um, a kind of online magazine sort of launching on Monday called Playback um, that's very much sort of about the music scene and talking to record stores and labels and things like that. So so there's quite a few sort of creative things that were that had been thought of beforehand that were actually part of what we've been working on now. Whether anything else has, has come to fruition, not that I can particularly put my finger on, but maybe ask me in a few months' time and uh, I'll say, actually, you know what? Yes. Um, you know, if you've got a crystal ball, uh, you know, where do you actually see your industry actually going in the next three months, six months? You know, no one quite knows how long this is going to take. Clearly, to a degree, you need the venues open for some of your, um, you know, sales channels. Um, but, you know, if, you know, I, I personally, you know, with my family had some tickets uh, to the O2 in November uh, for a concert and that's been cancelled and, and actually brought back, you know, by a whole year. Um, so I think it's safe to assume that some of the definitely the larger venues won't be opening or reopening um, until maybe you know Feb March of, of next year. So um, you know, a do you think some of the, some of the, the independent record labels will still be able to eke out that length of time? Uh, I mean, if so, you know, where do you think the industry that was starting to see a resurgence actually going from there? I sincerely hope so. I mean. I don't know about you, but certainly I, I can only sort of talk from personal experience and, and what I can see around me. But for example, going on holiday, I'm desperate to get away. And I'm sure a lot of other people are. So, you know, the travel industry has taken a huge hit. And whilst it won't necessarily go back up to what it was, because a lot of changes have got to be made, there will, it will still be there. And ditto, you know, people are still want to go to gigs. I mean, you, you talk to the the people that I work with um, are very much, a lot of them are very, very into their music, as, as you'd imagine. And every day it's like, oh, I should have been going here. I can't wait till next year when I go there. You know, I'm, I'm, you know the gig's been postponed. You know, there's no way I'm asking for a refund because I want to go there. So everyone's, it's going to take a hit. Possibly some people won't come out of it, but hopefully they will because the music is still being made. And, you know, being shut at home for some of the, if you think of the artists, it's quite a creative time when they can actually step back and be creative. So more things are, are, are going to come up. Um, yeah, we, boy, do I wish I have had a crystal ball. Really, really don't know. But, but you know, live music is, is something else. So I can't see it not happening. I mean, there's, there's a talk at the moment as well of doing sort of virtual gigs because once you can be in a bubble of people, mm. as it were, then the bands can actually play and you, you can sort of, you know, stream it live and you can sort of 3D stream and, and, and those things like that. It will never be the same as going to a live gig, but it will be of interest. Yeah, and they're, they're, people are beginning to monetize 
um, some some of these live streams now. So it will take its time. But you know, again, you know, God, live. There's nothing like live music, and I I can't see people not wanting to go back to it. It might have to be different. It might have to be less people. Um, different experiences you know you, you just we don't know at this stage you know unless you know please god there's there's a vaccine yeah then you know everything can go back back to another new normal <laughs> but i can't see i mean you know are you not going to go back to that show when it gets put on next year no, absolutely. yeah I'm, I'm, i've got no problem whatsoever <laughs> doing that um, i was just quite frustrated that it actually been put back a whole year, so uh, I don't have any problems, uh, you know, attending any gig uh, once it's safe to do so. And I have to say for my sins, and I know you are too. I'm a Spurs fan, so I can't wait to uh, to get back to the uh, to the Tottenham Stadium and uh, hopefully cheer us on to at least fourth or maybe fifth place and get back into Europe. So uh, I'm uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm uh, I'm perfectly uh, happy personally, and I'm sure many of our listeners are to uh, to, to to go back to. Uh, and go back to a, as as near a normal as, as as we can once uh, once once things have moved on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, things things will change, um, and people will work through that change. And and you know, not dissimilar to every time we've we've had a really really bad recession. You know, things have changed. Pe- people adapt. Um, the ways of doing things adapt. I mean, if you just look at my the, my particular business, you know, first of all, we had downloading, and then we've got streaming. <laughs> But you know, we we've you know there is still a niche of people you know, and it's grown. It's actually changed you know to grow to actually want physical product so that you can feel that you're closer to the artist that that, that you love. And you know, people love the sound of vinyl, and people are even buying cassettes again now. You know, so so you know things things change. People adapt. They don't necessarily change in ways that you think they're going to. Um, and and the, the companies that that are stronger that are able to to get through that um you know give the really good service um you know they're they're the ones that are going to survive and adapt um as we go forward and there'll be new ones that come up that take advantage of the recession um and change that that will come up with maybe new ideas and different ways of working yeah absolutely and uh yeah i mean I'm quite interested in the idea as well that potentially um, you know, people might be monetizing those little little concerts uh, from you know, a band's back bedroom or, or 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 you know a small intimate pub that's only got twenty people in it, but actually broadcasting to two thousand or four thousand or whatever and charging you know I don't know five or a five or a download or something. So uh, that's that's definitely a nice evolution for the for the sector. Well, this is this, and then then suddenly you've got a, a band that might have only played the small venues actually being able to reach a much much larger number of people, and therefore then sell on their 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 products, their merchandise, their their um, you know. And, and the other thing as well is that you can get much more intimate. So you know, you you will have an opportunity in situations like that to actually be part of it and maybe if the bands do a Q&A at the end or something like that get to know them a bit whereas if you go to a big gig at the O2 or even even an intimate-ish gig at a small venue you're not actually going to be able to meet the band but in situations like this you might be able to do that and, and for a fan that's just amazing. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, that's pretty much us today, Karen. So uh, Karen Emanuel, CEO of Key Productions, thank you for your time today and uh, good luck. And uh, let's hope the music uh, starts to uh, starts to roll again. <laughs> thank you very much. Me too. Working with leading experts who know all about the business you run because your business matters.